On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we discuss the ageless Tom Brady getting to 10, 10 Super Bowls, and how he's going up against Magical Mahomes, which is a clash of titans. We also go through the 18, 18 teams that might switch quarterbacks this offseason. It's just, just nuts. We also expose our ignorance about men's gymnastics and try to brainstorm a new name for Turf Toe. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Deke, give me your thoughts. Go. I think it's a great matchup. I think it's absolutely freaking absurd that Tom Brady is in the freaking Super Bowl again. <laughs> but it's also, like, extremely impressive, and it's really cool. I don't know. It's just one of those things where you're witnessing greatness. His 10th freaking Super Bowl. He's been in a Super Bowl over half of the seasons that he's been in the NFL and healthy. Like, it's just, yeah, I'd say that's kind of like the big takeaway. Tom Brady back in the freaking Super Bowl again. After Tom Brady plays in this Super Bowl, he will have played in 18% of all Super Bowls. <laughs> that's just so, like, it's one of those things that will never, ever be matched. But at the same time, maybe it will by the other guy he's playing in this game, which is, you know, who's Patrick Mahomes, who probably should have, you know, if it wasn't for... Uh, D Ford or whoever lining up in, in the neutral zone like two or two years ago, he probably would have been his third straight Super Bowl. So I think it's 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 definitely a cool storyline from like the the all time goat to the the next goat. I saw someone tweet this: the goat and the kid. Like get it? Like a little goat? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's not <laughs> like a Billy kid. I think this was oh. a fun fact we had once. the The thing that got me, Jeff Howe tweeted this. He's a Pats writer. He. Uh, Tom Brady now in healthy seasons has made the Super Bowl more often than Michael Jordan made field goals. <laughs> Michael Jordan's shooting percentage is lower like 45% than 45% or something like that. Yeah. yeah, Michael Jordan shot like 48% from the field. Tom Brady's about to hit 52% on making the Super Bowl when he's healthy. So that freaking blows yeah. my mind. But can we, wait, wait, can we also say like it sucks? Like, God damn it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm fine. I'm a Giants fan. I don't care. I like, I'm, I, I have no more Tom Brady demons. I, I, I am complained. I'm not, I am vaccinated. Those demons. Yeah. Okay. I'm vaccinated against the Tom Brady illness. <laughs> That's the only thing you're vaccinated against. Well, the Giants got two shots. Do you guys feel part of me? I, I'm kind of split because part of me is like, God damn it. I never want Brady to win. But the other part of me is like, it's so historic and it's something to mm. hate that you almost want it to happen because then it becomes something you can talk about for the rest of time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when we were talking a couple weeks ago about how we claim we want underdogs, but we actually just want monarchies and rulers? <laughs> yes. The, like, I think the most boring thing is if a different team won the Super Bowl every year. Like, like, yeah, like it, if 10 different teams won in 10 years, I think that would suck. It almost, like, dilutes the 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 gravity of the Super Bowl if like some random different team is winning it every year. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like in my mind it does. Like it's really freaking hard to win the Super Bowl and you know, if it was almost like a little bit random thing, it yeah. would maybe not be as powerful or something like that. So, yeah, I, I definitely get that. I I think, you know, from a completely objective point of view, it's it's incredible. Kind of like what I said before, like you're witnessing, you know, one of the greatest professional athletes ever literally, um, you know, do his thing. And I remember when I went to the Super Bowl uh, two years ago when they beat the Rams, you know, in the Super Bowl, I went into the locker room and I just, like, Tom Brady walked by me. And I was like, I don't you know, normally, like, care about this type of thing. But I was a little bit awestruck. Just like, holy shit, Tom Brady just walked past me. Like, <laughs> it's it, it was like, he's like the kind of guy that's, like, larger than life. And, and at the back of my mind, I'm like, this is annoying saying this stuff because, you know, it's Tom Brady and, like, we've been programmed to kind of hate him over the years. But, like, at the same time, you know, it's just really cool, like, to see him do his thing again. You know, he's just, he, he's on a whole different level. He's 43 years old. 
Tom Brady is obviously, <laughs> he, you know, he's technically the best quarterback ever um, from a statistical standpoint. Is he the best content sports star of all time? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be a media guy, but this is a gift from the content gods. I can't remember a, a super duper star who has created more content than Tom Brady in his career. His career is literally the internet era. So <laughs> I, I don't think anyone could possibly have created more content. I don't know. Who's the guy who created the marathon by running from one Greek city to the other? Maybe that had a lot of content back in the day. Because, like, I want Patrick Mahomes to win, but the content wants Tom Brady to win. You know what I mean? I just, there's so Well, here's the content either <laughs> way. I was talking to Ben Glixman, one of our Ringer editors, and he gave the best analogy, which is this is like Greek mythology. This is Kronos, who's the king of the Titans, and that's Brady, like time itself. And then Zeus is rebels against him and is like literally old gods versus new gods, clash of the Titans, fighter, winner gets <laughs> Mount Olympus. It's like, that's what this feels like. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Who are you going to be rooting for in the Super Bowl? Mahomes. I, I yeah. rooting. Well, rooting is not, not the right word, I guess. Like I, I have know. hard time imagining that when Patrick Mahomes is on the field, I'll be like, sack him, sack him. I just don't right. think that that's going right. to come up in my mind. <laughs> I just don't see that happening. So I guess I it's that. the Chiefs if I really go deep down. But it, it's just crazy. So uh, it, it's honestly, it feels scripted. It's one of those things I, I think in some ways make sports worth watching like these things the fact that we're actually going to get to witness this it's like if lebron and jordan played in the finals yeah. you know mahomes isn't that far along yet but that is very much what this feels like it's kind of nuts and to that point if brady wins this he's like the goat for for at least 20 more years because no, the homes is the only person Forever. in the player in in the yeah. currently playing that could even be in the conversation to be in the conversation and if he loses to brady it's over before it even begins yeah. right so there's a lot of stakes in this Super Bowl. It's pretty nuts. All right. So with that said, you want to? We'll do uh, winners and losers for each of these games. We'll go winners. Mm -hmm. We'll look at the guys who made big performances. We'll look at offseason outlooks for the teams that lost. And we're also going to get into the quarterback carousel at the end because there's. I mean, Adam Schefter tweeted this morning that he thinks 18 teams might switch quarterbacks. So you know Ooh. that's normal. Ooh. But first up, let's go Chiefs beat Bills. Mm -hmm. Remember when it was nine nothing Buffalo? Yeah, and no one really had even a care <laughs> in their. You know, in the in their hearts, like it was one of those things where you expected that the Chiefs would come back, right? Yeah, I mean, you could just if if you check the live betting, that's the best way to tell like what the pulse of the nation is. Like when they were down mm. nine zero, the Chiefs were like favored by a point and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. That's amazing. No, it's true though because Mahomes. You know, it's funny. The, the best moment of Tom Brady's career was the twenty eight to three comeback against Atlanta. It's a twenty five point comeback. Mahomes did a twenty four point comeback. Last year in like 10 mm -hmm. minutes against yeah. the Texans. One of my winners is multiple, sorry, one of my, we're doing winners and losers. I have a loser here, which is multiple score deficits because <laughs> <laughs> since Just 2019, don't matter. last year, Chiefs came down from 24 in the divisional round. They were down 10, two separate times in the AFC championship last year. They were down 10 in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. They were in down the fourth nine. quarter. Yeah. And then they were down 9-0 to the Bills. It's unbelievable. I think the, like the, the big takeaway from that is like, Patrick Mahomes is inevitable, or the Chiefs are inevitable. The The combination of players on the Chiefs' offense, uh, the coaching staff, even their defense was really good in this game. Um, but for me, the winner, like the clear winner this week was Patrick Mahomes, who came off, you know, he had turf toe. Let's not forget that he had turf toe. And he I did, did forget for did. large swaths of the game. I kept remembering yeah. to myself, he's hurt. It's one of those things where he's like running and he can barely little hobble <laughs> over to the sideline. You know what I mean? Like it, he looked pained. We need a new name for turf toe. Because it sounds yeah. so benign, but it's clearly such a hindrance to athletes, and it like ruins their entire season. I think Devonta Adams had it last year. Wait, turf didn't toe? you have turf toe? A yeah, I, I think oh, I have turf so toe. So you got turf toe, and you're like, oh, this this is a real thing. I want people to stop making fun of me. Guys have a sprained, you know, MCL, and that sounds so much worse. But guys play through that, and they're fine. If you have turf toe, you like can't run. Like it needs to be called something. Mm, turf and yeah, toe both sound so weak. Well, I think foot. the problem is toes are important. Respect the ligaments in your toes. Toes are really important to balance. It should be called something else because I feel like everyone's like, oh, he's got a turf toe. Well, while we're coming up with a new name for turf toe, we need a name for when you say something and then the announcers say it right after you. Like when you say something <laughs> and Tony Romo says the same thing and you feel really smart, we mm. need a word for that. Please email ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com for that and a new name for turf toe. Having said that, Mahomes really good. DK, continue. Yeah, so, you know, coming off of the concussion, playing on a bum foot, Goes out and passes for 325 yards and three touchdowns. Like several of his passes were of the impossible variety. And I'm here to tell you, 
I'm going to make it my life's goal to not <laughs> let anyone get Patrick Mahomes fatigue. Like, I'm just going to keep nailing it into your heads. This guy is special. What he's doing is not normal. You know, he's like <laughs> throwing across his body while the guy's pulling on his jersey, like from the other direction. You know, these no-look passes. Um, everything that he's doing is incredible. I saw this stat actually from Nick Wright on Twitter. Patrick Mahomes drives this postseason. Touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal, missed field goal. Field goal, he was injured on that drive. Fast forward to this game, three and out. But the three and out ended on a drop, that that Tyreek Hill drop on like a forty perfectly yeah. placed 40-yard bomb <laughs> Should have been a 50-yard play. Touchdown, 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 field goal, touchdown, touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like zero fuck-ups. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, there's mess-ups here and there like in individual plays, but all those drives ended in a score or should have ended in a score probably. Um, especially that one with Hill at the beginning of the game in this last uh, on Sunday. So, you know, what Mahomes is doing, what that offense is doing, even when they're not operating at full beauty or whatever you want to say, you know what I mean? They can, like, look kind of clunky, and they're still really, really dangerous. Um, and I think that was kind of the case last night. The, the thing I come back to is just Mahomes doesn't... Mahomes has this smooth clunkiness in a way in that he moves yeah. around the pocket. It's not graceful. Like, it's not mm -hmm. necessarily ballet. It kind of just looks as haphazard as it really is sometimes. And yet he never really looks like he's trying that hard either. What, even when he's scrambling and he's picking up 10 yards on third and 10, it never seems like he's going at 100% effort. It's bizarre. I can't I even know how to describe it. And then he's also at this mental level of the game that matches his physical abilities where he's looking off defenders and he's processing what's happening so quick that there's not really a way to defend when you're in zone coverage and you just pump fake a linebacker that way and then just get to your third read that way, just what are you supposed to do? And then he also can make every throw on the field too. He's ridiculous. Um, so I think, yeah, just it's important to remember like in all the Tom Brady talk, which is totally valid, like Patrick Mahomes is right there in terms of he's in his prime right now. The things he's doing as a quarterback are pretty much unheard of. I mean, obviously... I think a lot of people of different generations probably be like, oh, you just haven't watched enough football. But like Mahomes, no, that's not to me, is all. like the best player I've ever seen playing football. That's, so. it's, it's not a generational thing. This is, it's really simple. Here are the quarterbacks who have made two Super Bowls in the first three seasons. It's Mahomes, it's Russell Wilson, it's Kurt Warner. Russell Wilson was a game manager for the, one of the best defenses ever. Kurt Warner was obviously Kurt Warner, this, this, unique, mm -hmm. this unique story. Mahomes is the youngest quarterback to make two Super Bowls, period. He's 25. He's going to two. Not to mention, as you said, DK, if the coin flip and overtime goes differently, or I think if D Ford is in offsides, he's got three Super Bowls in his first three years. And so right. that's a first place MVP finish, probably a second place this year, 50 touchdown passes, an MVP, Super Bowl MVP by the time he's 25. And if he gets to two Super Bowls, this is key. I know it sounds a little stupid for people like us to be talking about, oh, Mahomes, GOAT conversation, Brady. Obviously, Brady's so far ahead. But here's the thing. If Mahomes wins the Super Bowl in two weeks, mm -hmm. he's the most accomplished quarterback in in, America, in the league after Brady. He is the most accomplished active player because Breeze never got more than one Super Bowl win. Tom, Brett Favre never got more than one Super Bowl win. Peyton Manning got his second Super Bowl win at 39 years old. Like, Mahomes, <laughs> if he gets one more Super Bowl ring at 25... He'd only need one more to be in the top three ever. The only guys with more than two are Troy Aikman, Joe Montana, Bradshaw, and Brady. He'd already be top five with two more rings. Yeah, I mean, Romo said it. Romo was joking with Nance on the broadcast. Like, if he retired after this year, he'd be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Dude, it's true, <laughs> though. It's really true. Oh, man. Also, how great is it that we get Nance and Romo for the Super Bowl? I'm, oh, it's I'm so hyped. great. It's Romo's... I, I, Romo, Romo is, is the, the best. best. Romo is the Mahomes of color guys. He's fantastic. <laughs> he is, I actually agree with that. And I think that NBC gave this contract to Drew Brees. I don't understand it. I don't know how Drew Brees is going to be entertaining. Yeah. I mean, Bill, Bill has been talking in his podcast about Philip Rivers. is the guy I agree. Yeah. Because mm. the thing with Romo... I would watch that. Yeah, yeah. Romo's such a normal guy. He, the, the thing with Romo is he's famous, and obviously Cowboys and all that. He's really smart. He gets football and all that. But you can get that from a lot of people, right? Drew Brees is smart and famous and knows football. The difference with Romo is he became famous at a really late age. He went to like Eastern Illinois, was a nobody, undrafted quarterback, nobody, backup quarterback, second, third string, whatever, nobody. And then he gets becomes the starter at like 25, 26 years old. So he's like a developed, famous, no, developed, normal person by the time he's famous. I think that's why he's so relatable. That's He's not as guarded as like other people who've been like five-star prospects. 
Because we're getting a bit off topic here, but I want to weigh in on the Romo. <laughs> the thing I love about Romo is not only is he smart and he can like break down and see things that are happening in real time and like you know, he'll see a play and two seconds later, he's like, okay, here's what happened, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, here's this, like seven different like things that only like a quarterback could see probably, right? Um, not only that, but he has so much, he, he like genuine earnest zeal for yeah. the game. I want to watch the game with him because he's like super excited about it. He thinks it's fun. I actually think Chris Collinsworth has this, this trait too where he gets legitimately excited when you see cool, fun like yeah. interesting things happen on the field. And I want to be listening to that guy. I want to be talking to that guy at the bar or whatever when you're watching the game. So I think those I think that's what makes Romo so good. Not not to mention, you know, he's very comfortable and like not awkward and, and you know, whatever, all that other stuff that, that goes into broadcasting, but he also has that zeal that I like. Yeah, I knew Aikman. I think Aikman kind of needs to be cycled out because when the Scotty Miller touchdown happened, Trey Aikman he's like, like, was like whoa. And I was like, I've never heard Trey Aikman <laughs> excited about anything. That was Aikman the first time. Just, he seems like pretty depressed about the state of the NFL or something like that in every game nowadays. It's like he's just like, ah, oh, God, not again. <laughs> he's just been doing it too long. I don't think he, I don't know. He's just, <laughs> yeah, he's Aikman kinda, I feel like he's like hung over for every game or something. He's kind of <laughs> in a bad mood. Yeah. Surly. Okay. Let's talk about actual football players who are playing sure. now. Any other winners from the Chiefs game? Mahomes is good. Congratulations to us for this take. I just want to toss out. He's not a player. He's a coach. Andy Reid. You know, I'm not the most tenured football watcher in the world, but I just can't remember. I can't remember a time in which I saw play calling be so imbalanced in a football game than these Mahomes, Andy Reid Chiefs. Yeah. I yeah. have never seen more people open in my life. It's just like you're playing Madden. <laughs> And the guy's just like better than you. And you're like, I'm not going to win. Like he, the plays he's picking are just better than mine. I could close my eyes and try and hit one of them. But whatever he's doing, I'm not. And it really feels yeah. like Andy Reid is on another level. And the, that's the thing about Mahomes is that there's stats out there. He's not throwing balls into tight windows because nobody's fucking guarded. Everyone's open the whole game. Right. All these touchdowns are like these wide open lobs to people. And when push comes to shove and it, you know, it gets close, Mahomes can still make the throws. But the shit Andy Reid is doing is next level. What you just said, though, like I think is so true and so key to point out. I don't, I don't know what the percentage of his throws are that are like this, but it, it feels really high. Mahomes just fucking lobs passes down the field. He just like <laughs> it's like pitch and catch. He's just tossing it, flyers up, like you know what I mean. He's just throwing it to the guy down the field. Um, and we always talk about his arm and his rare arm talent. He can throw it through a person's body, probably if he wanted to, um, you know, through their chest <laughs> cavity, just that. right clean through it, you know, to like cauterize on the inside. That's how hard he can fucking throw the ball. But at the same time, I mean, he just like 90%, it doesn't, not 90, but it feels like he's just fucking lobbing it to a wide open guy downfield. And I think that is exactly like that speaks to the quality of the play calling. Um, He's, they're just getting guys open. He doesn't have to like force it into a tight window with three guys around him. He doesn't have to throw it through a defender or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's like the perfect example of why Andy Reid is so good. Um, you know, he has that he has that weapon in, in Mahomes, but he's making it easy for him. Oh, and I think we've learned that to to really achieve greatness and have a dynasty, you don't need one; you need both. You need Belichick and Brady. Yeah, you need Reid and Mahomes because there's there's been guys. I mean, I don't know. T take your pick of. of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, like they didn't do what these guys were doing because maybe they didn't have the play calling, they didn't have the coach to go along with them. Yeah. You know how like you can slow a podcast down to point eight? It looks yeah. like the opponents of the Chiefs are on point eight and yeah. they're playing at full speed. It's just it's absolutely nuts. Okay. So Chiefs won, they're going to the Super Bowl. We have two more weeks to talk about them. Let's look at the Bills a little bit. I'm just curious, we can run through just the big storylines for this Bills offseason. Obviously, Josh Allen was mm -hmm. so much better this season. He took this leap that not a lot of people saw coming. I mean, Craig Craig was on him, but I don't think even Craig was like, oh, yeah, he'll cut down his interceptions even though he'll throw way more passes. Josh Allen just relearned how to throw and looks amazing. He threw 10 touchdowns his first year, then 20 his second, and 40 his third. And Jim Nance pointed out that that means I guess he'll throw 80 next year. Jim Nance <laughs> quietly is pretty funny, by the way. We don't talk about Jim he's Nance. Getting he's getting funnier. Funny. Yeah, he is. He, he, he's he loosening up. <laughs> Him and Romo made a joke about technique, and he was like, oh, football technique. <laughs> yeah, Nance is good. He's like your, he's like a fun uncle. 
So Stefan, so <laughs> yeah. let's go Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the QB one in fantasy. If you conclude week 17, which is a very touchy subject among us, but we don't have to go into that right, now. Right. Where would you rank Josh Allen among quarterbacks in 2020? Or sorry, 2021. I forget what year it is. Yeah, in fantasy. Where would you where would you rank him? Just among quarterbacks. Second. Mahomes what first. first. Allen Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. You know, obviously the only question is like, can Kyler Murray continue to do what he was doing early on in the season? Like that might make me like give him a little bit of an edge. But yeah, I think I think it's Mahomes, Allen, and then those guys have the highest like floor and potentially the highest ceiling. To me, everyone else is like way more variable, like what we're gonna get from an, from any of them. Like Murray's not as nearly as good of a passer yet as as Josh Allen was this season. What about Stephon Diggs? Obviously, he led the league in catches, led the league in receiving yards. I believe he's the first Bill to do either of those things, and he did it in his first season as a Bill. Wrecked our belief that he wouldn't transition well. He, yeah, I believe he set the record for receiving <laughs> yards and catches for any player in their first year on a new team, or at least any veteran on a new team. Is Diggs the number one receiver next year? Is Diggs top five? Where where do you put Stephon Diggs? Yeah, I'll put him in the top five. I would think... You know, especially with Dayball coming back next season, like everything, all systems should be go with this offense next year. I do think, and Craig's going to hate this, but we're probably going to talk about like regression to the mean a little bit. And we <laughs> saw that a little bit with Josh Allen in this last game. Um, but I mean, I think we're going to be talking about that a little bit at the end of the day. I'm still going to be really bullish on this offense overall. But I think that they still have, you know, they have the ability to take what they did this year and, and improve on it a lot. They have like more depth coming up at the receiver position, all that stuff. Uh, Gabriel, I think, is another guy, Gabe Dave, who could take another jump next season. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely really bullish on Diggs going forward. Yeah. In my opinion, Diggs is the wide receiver too. And, Next year, my early rankings, I think I would, if, if Rodgers is in Green Bay, I think Adams is still number one. And I think Diggs yeah. is number two. The regression thing with Josh Allen, did he regress or did he just play a team with a really great defensive scheme? I don't know. Like, he wasn't terrible. I I think he just, you know, played a team that was, that schemed him up well. Is that regression yeah. or did he just like play a good defense? No, I was. I, I was think joking. he played a really good I was, defense. I was just ribbing you a little bit there, but you know, I think. <laughs> Craig was if ribbed. That's, when Craig is Holmes going to regress? <laughs> I'm still waiting on Mahomes to regress. <laughs> no, I know, right? Well, he did. Well, that's the thing is like he did regress after his 50, whatever, 50 touchdowns in 2018. You mean by regression, you mean dislocated his kneecap? Well, that that is involved in regression. <laughs> that's, that's baked part into of regression. regression, yes. Well, we'll it have is. this conversation at a later date. We've all all seen the argument about whether regression is season every season. It's not that that's like unless you're the, the two people in the Super Bowl, which apparently <laughs> you can. Yeah. Okay, so the Bills. Wait, Heifetz, I want to know what you think about about Allen and Diggs. Where where do you rank them? You draft tomorrow. I think that I don't think I would take Diggs in the first round, which is what matters. I think the reality is that he's a second round receiver to me. So I think that I agree with Devontae's number one. I think Michael Thomas is way dropped off the map. I'm at the point though I might take Travis Kelsey over Diggs. Like if I'm actually ranking receivers, I might go mm, like yeah. I'm cheating, but Devontae Kelsey Diggs. <laughs> so and I'm just thinking realistically, if I'm I have the tenth pick, I don't like the running backs who are left that I'm gonna draft and then Devontae's off the board. I'm like, you know, at this point I think I'd take Kelsey over Diggs, honestly. It's just it's insane. I can't wait to have the discussion about is Travis Kelsey getting too old and he just <laughs> he's just not he's just, he's not. just he's not. Like, <laughs> age I don't want to hear about age anymore the quarterback in the Super Bowl is 43 years old he said he'd play to 45 like eight years ago we all laughed and at this point he could play to 50 and it wouldn't even be surprising anymore so uh, we got to stop age is just you know it's a number it's the life in your years Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Okay. Flip side. Want to talk Bucks Packers? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the Bucks beat the Packers. Great. Yeah. Yes. Correct. <laughs> no. Thank you. Uh, should we just cut right to the heart of this and get to this field goal conversation with Lafleur and Rogers like running into the end zone? And, and <laughs> you want to just get this out of the way? Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. How do you guys feel about the 
Monday morning quarterbacking to Sunday night quarterbacking of if I were Aaron Rodgers, I would have just run into the end zone. I don't know how I feel about everyone second guessing Aaron Rodgers' instincts. Oh, that play? Well, that play, yeah, that play didn't bother me as much. There's a lot to unpack here, right? Because, you know, there's a lot of speculation going around. We don't know if it's fake news or whatnot, but like, you know, did Rodgers know that they were in four down territory? Did he not? You know, no, he, said, that w- he said that he thought they were going to go for it and then they they kicked the field and then they decided to kick the field goal. And by the time he could have had a conversation with LaFleur, they'd already sent bodies onto the field and they probably would have had it. He didn't say this part, but he, they probably would have had to spend a timeout to make the switch. And at that point, it's yeah. too late. I'm blown away by that, though, because I, I guess I'm just amazed that you could be in that situation. What is it? Third and goal at the eight. And Rodgers doesn't. He's hearing from LaFleur, hey, we will do this X if we don't. Territory. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I just kind of assumed that at that level of football, you have to know because that's what the scramble's all about. Rodgers needs to know. If you pick up four yards here, that's fine because we'll go for it in fourth and four, right, fourth and eight, right. maybe we won't. Regardless of whether yeah, you think yeah. they should kick it there or not, Rodgers needs to know the decision on third down so he can make right. the decisions on the play. That's the inexcusable yeah. part of the whole true, thing. Yeah. You can't just go in on first down and be like, we're going to go for it on fourth no matter what, probably, right? Because if they're on the 10, you might not. But he needed to let him know, like, hey, if we're around the five-ish yard line, we'll probably go for it. Yeah. Right? That's that's the part of this that's nuts to me. I, the decision to kick the field goal, obviously, I mean, I, I think it's nuts to me as well. I mean, just you have yeah. Aaron Rodgers, you have Devontae Adams, you've almost had You're a down touchdown, a touchdown like either way today. Yeah. It's just... It was, it was crazy. I think Lafleur was kind of tilting. If you've ever played poker and you just need a fold, yeah. like he just he was tilting. on tilt. So yeah. tough for him. As for the game, now that that's mm. out of the way, uh, Robert Mays, formerly of the Ringer, posted a photo of like the exact screenshot of like when Rodgers could have taken off. Not sure he would have scored. Oh, I don't no, think he would. I think he would have gotten four. It depends. He's being chased by Pierre Paul, who's fast, and he's beat. But the point is, Rodgers said in the press conference, "I thought there was a guy behind me." You know what? He doesn't have eyes in the back of his head. And you know what? Him trusting his instincts has worked out pretty well the last 14 years. Yeah, so I agree. I, I don't know what you want him to do. Like, you should have saw the person behind you. It's like, well, that's his job. It's to trust his instincts about who's behind him. He didn't think he was going to make right. it. So, yeah, I think the whole, like, well, if he ran it, he would have scored. It's like, hey, he was playing I was Aaron Rodgers football. Don't get me wrong. I was also shouting at the TV, be like, he should run. But yeah. I am also very hesitant to be like, idiot, should have ran. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> The Bucs won this game, and we're bearing a very important story here. Playoff Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Apex Mountain for Leonard Fournette. Craig, you called it. It's got to be, right? And it, he didn't even that touch the of the game. That touchdown run was. Unbelievable. Life. That In that moment was Apex Leonard Fournette. I mean, he's yeah. going to be the starting running back at a goddamn Super Bowl. And not only that, because like honestly, the rest of the game, he had like 55 yards on 12 carries and that one rush was 20 yards. Troy, yeah. Troy Aikman, I love when announcers who haven't announced a certain player in a long time, like when they do one thing good, they kind of just like overtout them. He's like, well, it's mm-hmm. Fournette guy. He could do anything. You know, he can run. You know, he can catch. He's quick. He's powerful. He's nimble. And it's like, wow, I didn't, <laughs> like there's not many guys you can say that about. <laughs> and he, I also love Fournette because even though Brady's on the team, Fournette could pass as the oldest guy on the guy on the roster. Yeah. So if you just looked at the pictures of them. Yeah, he could have done that coming out of like college. He's a very young-looking fifty-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Whatever his like picture pops up, and I'm like, he's 25. What are you talking about? Can we it's talk ridiculous. about his touchdown run though? It was, it was actually insane. legitimate, legitimately impressive. He leaped, leapt. Is it leaped or leapt? If it's uh, would you I don't know. Either way, people know what you mean, and that's how I believe language should evolve. He leapt over a guy that was in front of him. Uh, bounced to the outside, showed good speed on that. Uh, then he spun move back to the inside to break a tackle. And then he like went into the air and like rotated. It was like he got hit midair and sort of did like this twirling thing that you'd see from some, like a tumbler and like landed <laughs> in the like end. Like a tumbleweed? <laughs> no, from like a gymnastics tumbler. Like I thought it a block, like a tumbler account. I was like, what? What's the, what is it? What's the uh, thing where you run, you sprint down the thing and then you jump and you hit the, the pommel horse and you go flying. What's that called? A pommel Ooh. horse? That event. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know what that's called. Spring it's jumping. It's called pommel horse, is it not? <laughs> springboard? Oh, wait, maybe it is the springboard. Oh, is that right? Springboard. There you go. Maybe. There are people shouting at this podcast. Well, there's no right Olympics now, the this year, so it doesn't matter. 
<laughs> we'll figure it out in 2028. <laughs> By the way, there was a there was a uh, there was a tweet going around that showed the difference between the springboard. I'm just going to call it the springboard since I don't know what the fuck it's called. Uh, in like the gold medal springboard in like 1930 versus the gold medal springboard in like 20 whatever 16. <laughs> And the difference is hilarious. The one in like the 1930s, he literally just, he just like put his hands down. It, it was like a, like a, um, you know, parkour, how they like, they put their hands down and then just keep yeah. flying like over it. He did like a parkour move over it and then took like three steps at the, on the landing. And that was the gold medal. And then in 2016, the guy did like, 12 flips and like three <laughs> spins and landed perfectly without like moving an inch. <laughs> like it was like, yeah, it's like know, watching Terminator one and then like end game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, okay. what were we even talking about? Lenny Fournette play Lenny Fournette playoff winner. Any other winners from this Bucks game? I want to shout out Chris Godwin because he's kind of been a punching bag because of the drops. And I get that. Like he's had some pretty egregious drops this week or this, uh, playoffs. And he actually did drop a pass in this game, pretty easy one. But he did make up for it with some amazing, huge plays. Um, he had five catches, 110 yards. He converted all five of his catches were for first downs on third down plays. Uh, those were five out of the nine total third down conversions for the Buccaneers this this game. He converted a third and 14 in the first quarter. Three plays later, Mike Evans had a touchdown. Uh, he converted a third and nine uh, for 52 yards, that big play down the middle of the field where he leapt up and grabbed the ball. Um and then the next play was Lenny Fournette's touchdown. So he like set up two of the Buccaneers' touchdowns in the first half. And then he also got the game ceiling end around, third and five, 48 seconds left, took the ball around, slid right after the first down, game over, like going to the Super Bowl. So I just wanted to shout out Chris Godwin for being awesome, even though, you know, I think obviously we have to chalk up. He has, he's been playing with a broken finger or a broken hand. Like that's right, going to yeah. affect your ability to catch the football. So like I think we can just kind of like let that go. I think it's telling that both Brady and Mahomes had a receiver make a big mistake and then went right back to them, right? Because yeah. Godwin had a huge drop. The next play started catching these third downs. There's right, no hesitation from Brady. Yeah, it's the and opposite of when Hartman, coaches bench a running back who fumbled it's the and opposite. Just, they sit the whole game. And you know who's really good at that? Andy Reid and the Chiefs because Michael Hardman fumbles that punt, basically hands the Bills. At their, I mean, they're only touchdown of the, the first half, really. And... The next drive, like people are tapping him on the bench. The next drive, Mahomes throws a first down to him, gets him back in the game, and then he gets the touchdown. Like, did yeah. you, it's the same thing with when Kareem Hunt fumbled his first career snap, and then they gave him the ball next drive, and it's like, boom, career like 200 yards or whatever he had. It's like the Chiefs and the Bucks don't let players who make a mistake stew. They they recirculate them back in to get the confidence up. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? That the best teams are doing that, encouraging your players rather than sitting them. Although, having said that, I mean. Bruce Arians is the guy who benches running backs, so <laughs> maybe it's just not, a Brady thing. Not Lenny. Not Lenny. Never Lenny. By the way, the it's vault, not springboard. Springboard oh, is pole vault. <laughs> Springboard's like talking a about pole vaulting? The diving thing. No, just vault. They the run down, they run down, they jump off the little thing, and then they hit the I believe it's called a pommel horse, and then they like do these crazy fucking flips and shit. I was going to feel bad about not knowing this, but the last time this was in an, there was an Olympics in the summer, like Barack Obama was president. It was just it was a long time ago, so I don't feel bad about not knowing. Um, this. While we're correcting ourselves, so I want to talk about turf toe. I found out the actual term. It's <laughs> metatarsophalangeal articulation due to hyperextension. Yeah. Does it so. metatarsal phal mean toe or phal phalange means digit toe? Yeah, metatarsophalangeal articulation. Yeah. So we just need something better than turf toe. Articulate. Okay, whatever. Packers lost. Aaron Jones fumbled twice. And in my mind, when I come back to this game, I don't care about the officiating problem. I don't care if people had issues with that. I'm not really worried about the Lafleur field goal thing. Then that bothers me is Aaron Jones fumbled twice and Kevin King got roasted. Jones is a free agent. Like, Jones might not come back to this team. I'm curious what you guys think. Aaron Jones could do on another team or whether the, how important he is to the Packers offense, they should bring him back. DK, what, how replaceable is he in this offense? Oh, that's a, that's tough because I mean, on one hand, very explosive player, very dynamic in the passing game, but at the same time, you know, for a team that's kind of cash strapped in, in terms of the salary cap, they've got a lot of work to do. Obviously they need, they need to improve their offense in the passing game, I think, like in terms of getting more weapons and, and receivers and all that. Um, 
And, and, you know, obviously, Aaron Rodgers was talking about this after the game. Like, they just can't bring everybody back next year. To me, if, I, if I'm the Packers, I'm not prioritizing running back, especially considering they just picked a guy like A.J. Dillon in the second round, who looked really good in the chances that he's gotten this season. So, if I'm the Packers, you know, running back is low on my list of priorities. I, you know, that might be not what... That, that might be just, like, kind of like my fantasy and um, analytics Twitter, like, seeping into this and, like, football teams actually seem to value their running backs at a much higher rate than people on Twitter do. But, um, you know, if I was, if I was that team, like that wouldn't be my high priority. Like you're not spending a huge chunk of money on a running back. No. And then I think, I mean, I, my guess is that Aaron Jones will probably want a large contract and could probably get one somewhere else. And Jamal Williams is also a free agent on Green Bay. I could see them re-signing Jamal Williams and having him just be the one B to AJ Dillon's one A just kind of yeah. swapping Jones out for Dylan and just for a lot cheaper. But Aaron Jones could go to a lot of places. There's a lot of uh, Seattle, Atlanta, Miami. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could use him. Reading the tea leaves here, these are the things, obviously, look, teams don't just start thinking about these moves now. They start thinking about them at least a year ahead. I think the, the fact they used a second round pick in A.J. Dillon speaks volumes about their plans here. And I think that I I do unfortunately think they're probably going to move on from him. I think it's more likely than not. So he was fun. And, and unfortunately, you know, two fumbles in your last game. If he, it is his last game is really then he got awful hurt. way to go out and he got hurt. So that's a really, that's a terrible way to go out. Cause I think he's a really big, uh, he's a great player for them. I think he was really popular. So it's tough. I think that, yeah. And I think the counter to what I just said, the counter to like, obviously he had two fumbles. He didn't look great, but like, I think a lot of Packers fans are probably Annoyed because they did not try and play more balanced football. They had, they just kind of abandoned the run game. Obviously, you're going up against a good run defense, but yeah, I mean, this will, is their offense the whole year is like very balanced, use the play action, like do all that stuff, very strong run game. And it almost felt a little bit like they just went away from it too early, but I don't know. Well, no, th- here's the thing look, I, I, I was the person beating the drum that look, the, when they played in week six, the Bucks just outplayed them. They got a huge pass rush on Rodgers. It was a weird game. I don't think it's going to happen again. Guess what? It was the same game. It was like the same thing happened. They beat him at the line of scrimmage. They got five sacks, just like they did in week six. It was 28 to 10 in the third quarter, just like it was in week six. It was like the same oh, wow. game. So I think that the thing is, they just got beat in the trenches. They just straight up were out physical by the Bucks defense. And I, I don't blame them for not running the ball. I think that they really had problems protecting Aaron Rodgers. And I just did not anticipate that because it turns out they really had struggled to protect him three times this season, really. And two of them were against the Bucks, So that D-line's unreal. Uh, and then on that note also, because I think the games were the same in week six, the Chiefs and the Bucks played earlier this season. Maybe that game will be the same way. I predict Tyreek Hill will have 208 receiving yards in the first quarter in the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah. All right, sticking with Packers' uh, offseason outlook here, Devontae is the number one receiver in fantasy next year, right? No one's no one, assuming yeah. things happen, but that's that's boilerplate. I think the big question yeah. for the Packers here is Rodgers. I, you know, it's funny the twists and turns of a calendar year. Twelve months ago, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback in Green Bay. How could he leave? They draft Jordan Love, and well, crap, they drafted a quarterback in the first round. It seems. Even Aaron Rodgers went on 10 questions with Kyle Brantz. Like, yeah, I guess I won't finish my career here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, even Rodgers didn't know. Then they played the season. They go 13-3. and three, He's going to win MVP. And it's like, oh, well, I guess obviously Rodgers is the quarterback again. And then they lose this game. He's in the press conference. And he's just kind of getting all existential. Like, Craig, can we play the clip so we have the actual context? Yeah, but that's a good question. I, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, there's a lot of unknowns going into this offseason now. And... They're just, I'm going to have to take some time away for sure and, and clear my head and just kind of see what's going on with everything. But it's, uh, it's pretty tough right now, especially thinking about the guys that may or may not be here next year. There's always change. That's the only constant in this business. It's really tough to get to this point. Really, really tough. So with all of that, what do you make of the situation, DK? I think it's probably much ado about nothing at the end of the day. Like, that's kind of just my gut. But I want to point out, this isn't just, you know, like us, like trying to like make this dramatic or whatever. Like, there, I saw this from several longtime Packers beat reporters who were all very like, almost like 
shook from that press conference talking about how down in the dumps Aaron Rodgers was. So I'm gonna I'll just read off a couple of them. Uh, Jason Wild from the Athletic. Aaron Rodgers sure sounded like a guy saying goodbye. Matt Schneidman from the Athletic. Aaron Rodgers fully sounded like someone who doesn't know if he'll be the quarterback here next season. Uh, and then he went on to say, Aaron Rodgers, more than any athlete on planet Earth, knows exactly what he's saying with every word. He has a purpose with every syllable he says. He said he's uncertain about his future. He wouldn't say that if he fully felt he'd be the QB here next season. End of story. End quote. Zach Cruz from Packers Wire. About 15 minutes ago, and this is like him saying this in the in the moment. About 15 minutes ago, I was very sure Aaron Rodgers would be a Packers QB in 2021, but I must admit I'm a little less sure right now. So like all these beat reporters are taking that and they're basically saying like even, you know, even it's not just like a national media like, "Oh, he's going to move, blah blah blah," you know. Um it's these really clued in beat reporters that are saying this. So I think it, there's something to it. It's at least worth considering and talking about. He could force his way out if he wanted to. Um, the, the cap situation is, is, you know, not necessarily ideal for him getting out because they would have to like split his cap numbers over the last two years and it would be really bad for them overall, but he could do it. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I just, it is kind of an interesting thing, especially considering he did just lose to Tom Brady who switched careers late, um, went to a team that was like built perfectly to like help him win a lot of weapons. The Packers obviously, um, did not do that drafting his future replacement, a running back, and a fullback in the first three rounds of the draft. Like, these guys, um, maybe that is, like, this mistake, this fatal mistake that actually ends up getting Rodgers out of there. So, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting storyline. I don't think it's going to happen at the end of the day, but it's at least worth talking about. I think it's a bit of media piggybacking. Like, I, it was a fun thing to say yesterday. Like, I don't know. The whole, like, Rodgers is so conscious about every syllable he says. It's like, okay, so is every fucking superstar you don't think lebron james is conscious about everything he says i mean i think rogers was doing a smart job by basically putting all of the blame on matt lafleur i mean rogers got the ball a bazillion times after three brady interceptions didn't score didn't exactly have the hottest second half i think he had like five completions in the second half or something like that i think this was just smart media savvy rogers kind of being like i'm gonna be cryptic here i'm gonna put some blame on my coach talk about that final you know series i think he's gonna be in the packers next year I, I I agree. I think it's important yeah. to dissect. Those reports are saying it sounds like Rodgers doesn't know if he'll be back. There's a huge difference between him not being told he'll be back and difference between him wanting out and a difference between they won't bring him back. I don't equate Aaron Rodgers not being told you're our guy with they want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers after a 13-3 season where he won MVP. I don't think yeah. they're going to get rid of him. I don't think they have any reason to get rid of him. I think he's just upset because he doesn't know and that he knows TikTok, the Jordan Love clock is ticking. And he's just upset about that as anyone would be in his situation. So I don't think he's going to go. TikTok, the Jordan Love clock is ticking. That was pretty good. That was fancy. No love is lost. But here's the thing. The reason is we don't have to manufacture anything about Rodgers because there's like 18 other quarterbacks who are like (laughs) my switch teams. So like, here's the thing. I know, right? A thing that got buried this weekend because of the timing was that Adam Schefter reported that Matt Stafford and the Lions have agreed to part ways, which is a strange Hmm. way to go about a trade offer, but whatever. Apparently, Stafford approached the Lions owner, Sheila Fordhamp, and asked for a trade. I don't blame him. 12 years, no playoff appearances. You can make it that whatever you wish. But that's just one domino. So Stafford seems like he's going to go. And then obviously there's these Deshaun Watson reports that he mm-hmm. wants out that has been going on forever. And that's just two. So again, Schefter tweeted this week. He thinks that his over-under for quarterbacks changing this offseason is 18. And he says there's basically only 10 quarterbacks locked into their starting job. 10 of 32. Holy shit. That is... 10 of 32 quarterbacks are locked. Wow. So he called it unprecedented. So here's what I did. Yeah. I went through. I just made buckets of teams of how likely they are to change their quarterback this offseason. You want to just go through these and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them? Yeah, set the table. All right. So we'll start with the easy ones, the ones we know. Teams that are definitely in need of quarterback. The Saints. Drew Brees is retiring. Probably go to NBC. We think it's probably Taysom Hill replacing him, right? I don't think it's going to be Jameis. T- t- seems to be Taysom. Who knows? 
The Colts, Philip Rivers retired. They got Jacoby mm-hmm. Brissett. We'll see what happens there. The Bears, hilarious. Trubisky, <laughs> they're like, fine, let him go. He played just good enough. They're going to think about it. They yeah. somehow kept their GM and coach through this offseason, who are the people invested in Trubisky. I have no idea. Either way, it's a disaster. The Patriots, Cam Newton was on a one-year deal. I, I feel like he won't be back. No. Washington, I mean, obviously they cut Haskins. Alex Smith is old. They needed a guy. And then the Panthers, Matt Rule, their head coach was very wishy-washy about Bridgewater. He said he needed a great offseason. So the Panthers are probably on the list. And then the Lions, obviously. I would say maybe the, the Panthers are maybe not a team that's definitely in need. Maybe that okay, if we're like fair. picking nits, we put them in a different category. But overall, I think I agree with everything else. Okay, there. we can put the Panthers in. So teams that might need a quarterback. This is where it gets interesting. Yeah. The Jets. Darnold. I want to linger yep. here for a second. This situation <laughs> has changed drastically twice over the last five weeks because it was like yeah. pretty cut and dry for a while. They'll probably get Trevor Lawrence if they get the first pick and then they'll trade Darnold. Then they lose Lawrence and they have the second pick and now they have to evaluate what do you want to do here. But they'll probably still take Justin Fields or whoever, second pick, trade, trade Darnold. And if you talk to people who know things, the number one destination that all the smart people kind of point out for Darnold is the 49ers because basically Darnold's skill set that was completely and utterly wasted in the Jets would be perfect with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. And so that was a really popular kind of out there thought. Here's the thing. The Jets just hired 49ers defensive coordinator Robert Sala, and he's bringing with him Shanahan's offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, who's the younger brother of Matt LaFleur, who's the Packers head coach. So instead of sending Darnold to San Francisco, the Jets just brought San Francisco to Sam Darnold. (laughs) And I think that there's a real question here of, after all this, would you rather draft Justin Fields and get like a third or second rounder for Darnold or keep Sam Darnold and trade that second pick away and get some picks and build an actual team with a right. real offensive system. I think a there's a chance they actually, two. after all this stuff, I think it's super possible they keep Sam Darnold on this team. Wow, I'm kind of sold on that. There was a report too, I think, I, I apologize for not remembering where exactly it came from, but that the new coaches, Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur, are high on Darnold, or at least they have yeah. confidence that they can turn his career around. If I'm the Jets, I'm probably taking Fields. I like Fields a lot, and I think a lot of people like Zach Wilson a lot. So, like, one of those two guys, and just kind of, like, clean slate it, you know? I, I just feel like Darnold probably be better off with a change of scenery. I think it might just be better for all parties involved. However, yeah, I mean, if you can get, like, another first another like second, third, whatever, like you can get a lot for number two overall. If you can pick up some franchise cornerstone type players with those picks and continue to kind of like do what you're doing and change. And obviously I think they brought Salah in because he's like a change your culture type guy. He's like a, a badass, like really, really passionate. Yeah. And so I don't know. I think there's definitely an argument for both. I'm, I would lean towards just taking fields and, and clean slating it. But, um, I don't think it's cut and dried what they're going to do for sure. No, I think there's an argument to undo the Sam Darnold trade. They traded three second rounders to move up three spots and get Darnold. And I think there's a chance now if you could move down three spots, get three second rounders or a first rounder and put them around Darnold, I think it'd be interesting. Anyway, so the Jets are probably in the bucket, but they might not be. Other one, this is the hilarious one, is the Texans. I mean, this is nuts. Obviously, they don't want to get rid of Deshaun Watson, but there is this to me isn't even football. And I understand there's a whole thing of like the NBA and like this is player empowerment coming and like Deshaun wants out. It's not even that to me. This is like Greek mythology. This is like, this is a a, a tragedy of cutting off your own nose <laughs> to save your face or whatever the metaphor is. And you just <laughs> make so many mythology mistakes. in this episode. I yeah. really love mythology. But it's like you just <laughs> keep making mistakes to cover up your previous mistakes. And then this is like the grand finale of like the thing you've been trying to preserve the whole time. It Now you're going to have to trade away Deshaun to recoup all the picks that you just got rid of. And now you're going to be back God. to where you were before you drafted Deshaun Watson in the first place. Yeah, I can just see I can just see <laughs> Shea Serrano getting angry thinking about like this whole scenario. <laughs> it's just I unbelievable. Feel bad for, Texans fans don't deserve this. This is this is, this whole situation sucks for them. You know, for the whole organization, for the players that are still there in the organization. Um, I still can't get over that they were up twenty four to zero on the Chiefs last year. <laughs> yes. and then it all fell apart. Life comes like, at you literally. fast. <laughs> oh my god! Life comes at you fast. Anyway, uh, I want to shout out. Well, actually, I think there's only really three teams that can make an offer for Deshaun. 
at least in my mind. Obviously, many teams could make huge offers, but realistically, right. I feel like it has to be the Jets or the Dolphins, the top two, because they have multiple first-round picks, and they could each put a quarterback in. The Jets could put Darnold in. The Dolphins could put Tua in. I have no idea if either of those teams are interested or how interested they are in getting rid of, but those teams don't have to bankrupt all their first-rounders to get Deshaun because they have so many first-rounders. Uh, the, the Seahawks somehow got two first-rounders for Jamal Adams, and then the Dolphins are still pulling in the Texans' picks. It would be hilarious if the Texans had to trade Deshaun to get their picks back. But either way, I feel like those two teams are the front-runners, right? Yeah. yeah. Who's the third? So shout out Riley McAtee, your editor, who wrote mm -hmm. a piece for TheRinger.com. You can check it out on Tuesday, where he ranked all the possible offers for Deshaun, and he threw out one potential crazy one, which is the best one on the table. Would you, DK, I got a question for you. Yeah. What if the Jaguars offered the first pick for Trevor Lawrence, for Deshaun? Straight up. Ooh, that is a really difficult question. Do you take, it's like a bird in a hand versus two in the bush yeah. type of deal. I think, oh man, if you're Jacksonville, you do it. I think it's Deshaun. Now, here's the thing the caveat is this is probably not real because they're division rivals. So it seems right. nuts that this would ever happen. But it's still like a pretty crazy exercise. Would you rather Deshaun's twenty five? Lawrence is what twenty one? Like, who would you rather have? I feel like I'd rather have Deshaun. Maybe. What? What the fuck? It's not even close. You know how many first round pick quarterbacks flame out? Deshaun Watson exactly. is that's generational talent. You would do that immediately if you're Jacksonville, <laughs> and that's how I feel. I don't know. I think it's closer than you're saying, but I think at the end of the day, I, I side with you. Like Watson is a proven superstar in the league. Lawrence I agree. is. Supposed He's to twenty five. He's exactly. like a year older than Joe Burrow. He could play for more twenty more years if he's on the TB twelve. <laughs> Here's the deal. Here's the difference. One big difference, anyway, is Lawrence gets that five year rookie contract. Where oh, you're saving I'm a done shit ton with the rookie contract thing. I'm so no, over it's, it. I'd it's rather a, have a good quarterback. It's, legit. it's a legitimate thing that you have. To I'd rather have a good quarterback at this point. I, I feel like I, the rookie contract <laughs> yeah, thing is real, but then Lawrence at the same is time, good. I'll be honest. okay. Probably. All right. So let's keep rolling here. So. Teams that might need a quarterback. The Broncos. Drew Locke. All right. Was he just terrible or was he hurt? Like Drew Locke. Let's run it back. No. One more year. No. I don't think he's very good. I, I desperately I, want I, Matt Stafford to get traded to the Broncos. Oh, that'd that be, be Stafford to Denver? Scenario. Yeah. If anything happens this offseason, like 18 teams changing fucking quarterbacks, I just want Matt Stafford on the Broncos. That's you know, Staff, all I That's ask. a good call yeah. because it's a year, year too late because John Elway just handed over the reins for the Broncos. But like Elway is the guy who'd be like, yeah, Stafford, hell yeah, do whatever. Like he, he wouldn't get Peyton. Look, they, dude, they spent the last two, three years building up this offensive skill positions. They've got Noah Fant, Jerry wow, Judy, this is a good Cortland Sutton, uh, KJ Hamler. They even got Albert O, who's really an interesting, like potential, like he's like a 4 4 tight end. I think, they, I think they're the perfect landing spot for a guy like Stafford who's proven, um, you know, they have this like support system around him where he can excel and he can get, and like from a fantasy point of view, which is obviously what I'm most worried about, like he, they could, he could unlock Judy. He could unlock Fant and like really get this offense going. So that's what I, that's really what I want this off season. If anything happens is, is Stafford to go to the Broncos. That's a really fun one. Yeah, that's a good one, DK. Okay, so next up, the, the other one, the Falcons. I think that there's a real sense that the Falcons might blow it up. They have a new coach, new GM. Matt yep. Ryan is, I mean, old. and I, In my opinion, the single like least interesting player who's been relevant of the last 15 <laughs> years. Like Even right. Andy Dalton is more relevant than Matt Ryan. I mean, for a guy that almost won a Super Bowl, do you know anything about Matt Ryan? Do you know one thing? <laughs> no. Can you remember? I don't know one thing Can you thing remember about Matt Ryan? any interview with Matt Ryan? I don't know what his voice sounds like. I don't know anything about him. I don't know if I should reveal this. He as was a person the who MVP this. I don't know one thing. He know was the one MVP. thing about Matt Ryan. Anyways, the point is, I think that if they moved on, it would be fine. Matt Ryan's the perfect embodiment of the Falcons, to be honest. But anyway, I think th th that one, they could totally be looking for a new one. The 49ers, really interesting one. They can cut mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo because the salary cap is just like nailing smoke to a wall. It's like it would cost them like nothing, like three million bucks or whatever. <laughs> I think they should. I don't think Jimmy's very good. I think they need <laughs> to make an kid. upgrade. I think the Niners on the list. The other one, Craig, I'm curious. The Steelers. Do you yeah. think, first of all, do you think Roethlisberger retires or not? I don't. I think he's going to come back. Yeah, I thought that that was the report anyway, that he's coming, he's planning on playing again. Yeah, uh, He said he, I'm not quoting, but he basically said, I'm going to ask, talk to God and then my family and then the Steelers in that order. I don't know if he's done with that process yet. Okay. He hasn't gotten back. God, God hasn't gotten back to him yet. <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. A, I'm not. They didn't see see me on you're the conversation. Gonna, you're not going to. You're not going to take the bait on that one, Heifetz. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think you do whatever he wants. I don't know. People can ask okay. whatever they Fair. want. 
Fair. I don't know who, who I want on the Steelers. I kind of wanted Sam Darnold, to be honest, but uh, we'll see what happens with the Jets. But I, I, I want Ben to retire, which is kind of sad, but I do. I, I, it reminds me of when Eli had to go and Giants fans didn't want to say it. It's time. But like Eli had to go and it, you can talk about it privately amongst yourselves with the Steelers, your fellow Steelers fans, but it's hard to say to other people like, yeah, no, it, like Ben's done. But he's done. Like, like it just doesn't. I'm curious if Randy Fickner, the offensive coordinator who was fired, if he just was doing a bad job or they had to just move mountains to not pass the ball in certain ways because of Roethlisberger. But you, the Steelers with a mobile quarterback who can throw more than 25 yards downfield, I think would be a very interesting offense. Craig, would totally. you rather have Fitz Magic than Roethlisberger? <sighs> wow. Probably. Is the Are the Steelers better with Fitzmagic than they are See, with Roethlisberger? Yeah, I, they are. I think Stafford's the, the guy for Pittsburgh. I think Ooh, his, the, his I mean, toughness. That would be, yeah, I would that would be great, love that. that would be his, great, Personality-wise, Stafford is just such a tough dude that I think that Pittsburgh fans would freaking fall in love I, with I the feel guy. like there's a lot of um, love yeah. for Matt Stafford in the past month. Detroit you know fans I mean? love Stafford. Lions fans love that guy. I mean, in all seriousness, he took them from a joke to like mediocre, which doesn't get you glory, but like it's pretty hard to do. Like he didn't make them the Patriots, but they're not like a joke anymore. And he's so young. He's 32 years old. I feel like he's been 32 for five years. Yeah, I think he's Stafford, Russell Stafford, Stafford, yeah. Wow. Stafford and Pittsburgh's my choice. Okay, rolling along. The other one, the Rams, which yeah. is mm. not quite the Rodgers level thing, but one of those things where it would not have been a question until Sean McVay declined to endorse him and then had a chance to clarify and also declined to endorse him. <laughs> and then again, and then uh, I don't know. And then when that happens, I, I usually feel a way, but I, I usually want to see how like the very plugged in people respond to the situations, the Schefters, the Peter Kings, how they assess that. And especially I think Peter King really was like, you know, look, Sean McVay had his chance and that means something like he didn't do it. I think that the Rams are in a weird spot because Goff has this huge contract, which McVay, you know, was very much a part of helping Goff get that deal. I think it's where they want out. But I do think if the Rams had a chance to improve the quarterback spot, they would. So I think it's really possible. And I think there's a bit of a window here with the Rams and perhaps McVay sees that, you know, with his yeah. defense and everything he's got going. They are really kind of one quarterback away from maybe making a big splash. Okay. The other one, and I think this is the one that is getting buried by the 16 other more plausible scenarios. I think the Raiders. Yep. I think John Gruden gets bored really easily and Derek Carr just is fine. And I think they'd only, he's like two and a half million in dead cap if they get rid of him. I could see Derek Carr. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's like game manager. I could see him going to Washington. I feel like that would really make wow. sense. Oh, yeah. I could see that. That's yeah. interesting. Okay. And then teams that are probably not changing quarterbacks, but we have to talk about it. Packers. I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. And then Me the either. other one's Dallas. Dak Prescott, which is like the biggest one coming into the season, and now we've completely forgotten about it because we haven't seen Dak since October. But I think there's just the assumption he's coming back, which I, I think he's coming is that, back. Is that a dumb assumption to make, or is there any way they let him out of the building? So I don't think so because I think that the way he got injured, I think, made the whole negotiation thing a lot more emotional, quite frankly. Mm, yeah. And Jerry Jones paid for this team to be a fantasy football owner. Like Jerry Jones, like. He picks the jocks and socks, as he would say. And I don't think that he did this to let Dak Prescott go. Like, that's just not how he wants this team to go. So, yeah, he'll be he's going. He'll and be then, then I see one more team in here. Why is this team here? So here's the thing. We just went through. How many teams did we just go through? We discussed two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 17 teams. We just hit. <laughs> you should change quarterbacks. You know, More than half the league. You know what we didn't fucking mention? <laughs> the New York football giants are not on this list. Your they kept Dave New Gettleman, York football giants. The giants, who should be as willing to ditch Daniel Jones as anybody, <laughs> seem like they're going to hang on to Daniel Jones. And I'm losing my mind. How are they not on this list? Go it's, get uh, Sean. Go get, go get anybody. Get me out of this, my relationship with this kid. I don't want to be rooting for Daniel Jones anymore, man. It is Senior Bowl week, Kaifitz. Senior Bowl <laughs> kicks off on Tuesday, which means we're two years removed now from Dave Gettleman falling full. Oh what is it? God. What did he say? In bloom and love. Well, I don't even actually know what the tech, what the actual words he used, but it was something kind of creepy. Um, head over, did you say head over heels? Full I, off the top of my head, I'm like it, full in bloom love with Daniel Jones at the Senior Bowl, even though Jones like. I was looking back at my notes. Well, he said it. He said, I just looked it up. I was in full bloom love. Mm. 
weird <laughs> thing to say. Kind of, and you know what the most upsetting part about the Daniel Jones experience is? It's the same shit he was doing at Duke. It's not like yeah. any of the problems he has in, in New York are new. It's, oh, he just seems to really not have any pocket awareness, and he just turns it over at a ridiculous rate. That's what he did yeah. with Duke in the ACC. Why do we think he's going to get better? Oh, my God. I just... I think Josh Allen really fucked things up for bad quarterbacks and GMs because everyone's so going to think that what yeah, if Daniel Jones time. can become the next Josh Allen? Everyone thinks you're that guy who can turn around. This is the coaching syndrome. Every it's like you, we all everyone views their sphere of life, the world through their sphere of life. You know, everyone in the media thinks you know the world can be solved by like a polarized media environment. Coaches think everything can be coached away. That's why Sean McVay signed Blake Bortles. That's why John Gruden signed Nathan Peterman. They look at those guys and they're like, well, the coaching must be the issue. I can coach them and make them better. And that's you're so right. They're going to look at a flawed prospect, like, well, he's got the physical tools, so you know we can fix all his mental habits. And like, no, it's really hard. Much comp for Daniel Jones coming in, Heifetz? Do you remember? No, I probably blocked it out of my my mind. It's like behind the firewall. My oh, it's Bortles. Bortles. I hate myself. The turnovers <sighs> thing. That was the reason I did the Bortles is toolsy. You know, big Toolsy. looks like looks Look. the part. Has the tools. Turnovers are a problem. So and the that thing was looks the part has thing. the tools, but bad. <laughs> I mean, Darnold it probably fits into the same category here too. Well, no, Josh Allen, Trubisky, Daniel Jones, and Bortles all have one thing in common to me, which is they expand the genre of turning the ball over. Mm. Like, I see them do it in ways I've never seen it. It pushes the boundaries of what I thought it could be. Yeah, And Allen has escaped that. And Allen's actually was like, I'm going to spend my whole offseason actually changing how I throw because I have a growth mindset. And these other dudes, I, maybe they do too. I don't know what they're doing. But I just, I feel trapped in a way that when Eli Manning, I never, I never had that problem. This is all new for me. Yeah, you were yeah. really perhaps in bottom three fan football situation. Because at least the other teams are talking about it. At least you're like, hmm, who should the quarterback be? The Giants are just like, I guess we're going to roll it back as more than half the league is thinking about switching the quarterback. The Giants are like, hmm, it's like, this is fine, dog. Just chilling in the burning room. Anyway. Jones Jones has flashed at, at the very least. That's the problem. He has is he's been good enough. Times. See, yeah. He's the real Trubisky. The Bears, I don't think Trubisky, I don't think Trubisky played well enough at the and end has of the he season ever for flashed? the Bears to hold on to him. Yeah, no, at the end of the season, he was better. And I don't think he played well better. enough, though, for the Bears to fall into it. Jones has played well enough to convince the Giants he's the guy. Yeah. But I have not seen enough improvement from Daniels. And here's the thing. If he becomes great an MVP candidate and people throw this back at me, I would be overjoyed. I would love nothing yeah, more. Yeah, you're rooting for that. Great. Shower it. But just shower just, me with it. Yeah. <laughs> don't see it coming. Okay. I think that's all we got. That's all we got. I, before we go, I want to tease uh, the Ringer NFL Draft Guide coming out on Wednesday, yes. the twenty seventh. DK, talk about it. Yeah. So we've been doing. I've done this now. This is my third year doing the Ringer NFL Draft Guide. We're going to have eventually a hundred prospect breakdowns, full scouting reports, player comps, all that stuff. Starting out with thirty two this week. We're going to have mock draft. We're going to have. Yeah. Eventually, we'll have team needs as we get closer to the NFL draft. But since there's no combine this year, the senior bowl is weird. Um, you can definitely dig into that that draft guide and kind of start getting an idea of who's going to be. And DK's know, being humble. He round. literally scouts every single player. The draft guide, it's like you can view it on your phone. It is like the most beautiful product. DK's scouting guides are really funny. You did compare Dwayne Haskins to medium-sized Ben Roethlisberger. This week's Steelers signed Has uh, Haskins. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Slow-footed, big, big-bodied <laughs> fella. Yeah. And um, also the draft guides, all the draft guides the Ringer makes are so aesthetically pleasing. You yeah. can just peruse it for hours and hours. And also, this kind of dovetails into our off-season plan. We can just tease it a little bit. We're going to dip our toe into the dynasty waters. I mean, we have yep. Danny fucking Kelly, the draft guru with us. Obviously, we're going <laughs> to use him if he's at our disposal. So yeah, we're going to do some dynasty stuff, maybe start a Ringer league. Um, we're still working out. What exactly we're going to do. But yeah, off-season yeah. content, but we're, gonna we're not going to be talking a lot of draft. It's not just going to be dynasty. We're also just going to be talking drafting. We'll be talking mm -hmm. teams and, and off-season content. We'll look at free agency. We'll look at the draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe some trivia. Who knows? You know? Maybe trivia. <laughs> yeah, let's just do a, a lot trivia. Of, a lot of DK guessing prospects heights. <laughs> I want somebody to do a, a draft guide for the ringer staff. That'd be really fun. Ooh, Scouting would be fun. reports? Yeah, I just oh want like a God. full run. That could get That could get bad quick. <laughs> I don't I'm know down. if we want that. Okay, maybe not. 
Well, as long as there isn't like anonymous leaking to the scout media to like <laughs> yeah, people fall in the draft. That would, would be, be pretty funny. Late on deadline. Editors are not real high on this guy. <laughs> Ed- editors around the league. Question is his heart, you know, his motivations. Not, not really reliable. Character yeah. issues. Like he files his stories with too many characters. <laughs> Character oh. issues. <laughs> Bring Good smelly one, lunches to work. We don't like it. Well, put fish in the microwave, son of a bitch. <laughs> well, that's not a problem. I don't think I've seen a coworker in years. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, let's get the hell out of here. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Check out DK's draft guide, which will be available at NFLDraft.TheRinger.com. Yeah, early Wednesday, the 27th. Boom. Thank you, Lauren. 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 I'm going to say thank you, Cole Beasley. He's a rapper. Oh. Oh, wow. Crossover. Who played with a, on a broken, broken leg. Leg. Yeah. He, I, did, I, <laughs> I couldn't remember what was broken. Something was broken, and he's been playing on it. But now his heart's broken, but it's better Shout now because we thank Colby. All right. See you guys on Friday. <laughs> <laughs>